First and Now is your official BC Lions podcast. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving that is. One of our favorite holidays of the year as we record this on the Monday. No holidays for us. We're between turkey dinners doing the Sunday money Sunday Monday thing. Uh, Matt Baker and Nick Kowalski. And uh, Nick, how are you? Doing great. I got my uh, my dinners on all yesterday on Sunday. So, but I've, I'm as a, as a it's person over. as a person who lives by myself in an apartment. My family's back uh, back home now. Uh, I will be having leftovers for I think a good week now. I, See, I that's the best part. You know, you, you little turkey sandwiches for lunch, perhaps. Uh, I'm going right there after right after yeah. this podcast. I'm going right for some uh, some leftover turkey and stuffing. Love it. Um, yes, uh, did my family thing Sunday. In laws on Monday. A great time of year, and uh, we're back here talking Lions football as we are every week on whatever podcast platform uh, you're tuning in on. And well, uh, plenty to be thankful for. And one of the things we're thankful for, I guess, is that nothing has been decided yet. Although uh, certainly a little bit of wound licking going on uh, after the overtime loss to Winnipeg on Friday, but uh, thankful that uh, very worst case will be. Second, hosting the yeah. West Semi. Still a crack of a window open for first place, but that's not very uh, promising. Uh, we can't worry about that. Uh, it's about bouncing back and going in, into Hamilton on Friday, which we'll talk about this uh, resurgent Ticat squad. But Nick, what oh, what was going through your mind after what transpired out there on Friday night? Where do you start? Yeah, that's that's the thing. Where do you start? Uh, from a fan's perspective, I think on either side, you think about that's this the beauty of the CFL, right? That's an all-time classic. A little bit of everything, a lot of drama, right? Uh, um, and I saw some chatter about like, yeah, it's it's not obviously not the result you want when you end up on the wrong side of that game. But at the same time, you got to appreciate those games, right? And that the fact that you're able to compete in those types of games that are such high stakes, right? And and it's not like the season's over. Coach Rick said it in his post-game uh, locker room speech. The sun's going to go up tomorrow, and it did. And um, be grateful for living in sunny Vancouver. It was an amazing weekend. Was it? Oh, was yeah. it ever? I Yeah, exactly. I right? went out for my uh, jogs on Saturday, Sunday, no layers, shorts. So yeah. Coach, Coach Rick was bang on. And uh, that's, I think, the mentality you have to have now. It's like There's still two weeks to go. Uh, I mean, you control what's in front of you, but the season's by no means over. The real season really starts in November. So... While it was um, disappointing, um, a lot of what ifs, yeah, but this team proved they can play just right up there with with anybody in this league at the same time, right? Yeah, I mean, and we've known pretty much all year that it once again is going to go through Winnipeg, and at this stage, it looks like uh, it'll have to go literally through Winnipeg. Uh, you know, if you win the Western semifinal, there's no guarantees, but the Lions or whoever's hosting that, whether it's BC or Winnipeg, should be considered the heavy favorite against either Saskatchewan or Calgary. As we speak, Ottawa has been eliminated, so there will no be no historic Eastern crossover. It will be either Saskatchewan or Calgary traveling for the West semifinal. But, yeah, um, if we get another crack at the Bombers, it's most likely going to have to be outdoors in the cold. I don't think the weather really played uh, any role last year. It wasn't even that bad from a weather perspective. But there's going to be a time and a place to talk about that. But yep. you can point the finger in many directions here. Um, if you're if you're pointing it at Dominique Rhymes for not going down while the clock was still above zero, sure. But bottom line is they're not in that situation. If you just convert, if you just convert on a third in inches, mm-hmm. that was very frustrating to see. 
I though, you know, I think Vernon got the first down on the play before that, but unfortunately there was no challenges left. I've watched that playback so many times. <laughs> it's so close. Yeah. The toe does drag. And is he out of bounds when he's, it's, yeah. It's, but still, that's a moot point if you just freaking, if you convert on yeah. third and inches, right? The, the thing with rhymes so, too is I think this discussion has been out there a bunch, but athletes just aren't wired to to do that, right? Like when right. you see open field, you're, you're you're wired to go score and win the game. And I don't fault rhymes. Another variable is if he goes down, what if Winnipeg doesn't even touch him and then the clock expires? So there's, and then what, if you, go, yeah. and what if you go down and the clock is expired, right? So there's so many variables into that. It's it's a crazy situation that came up, but you can't fault Dominique Grimes. The other part of it is, uh, was it Peters? Jamal Peters for Winnipeg? That got him at the end, yeah. Parker, Guy made Parker, a Parker. Sorry, Jamal Parker. Um, Guy made a hell of a play. Yeah. Like that's, you ha- yeah, sometimes you have to credit uh, the team wearing the other colors. Another part of it, this team led by 10 points with uh, around three minutes to go. Got to finish. So yeah, it's, it comes down to who wants it more, right? And I think that's a lesson learned in this game. Is even on the Sioni Tuihema play, if Brady Oliviera doesn't get up and sprint down the entire field, Sioni scores, right? But right. Brady Brady makes that hustle effort. That's kind of what the Blue Bombers have embodied over this past half decade, and um, ultimately saves four points, right? And and then suddenly Winnipeg has a chance to tie the game, right? So there's so many what instead ifs of needing and, two touchdowns, it's yeah. just a touchdown and a field goal, which so, they got. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, uh, at the end of it, uh, Winnipeg made one or two more plays than the Lions did. Uh, they showed once again they have that championship pedigree and. But, you know, you're talking about the Sioni plays. That was a positive for me. That was, they gave up a lot of yards and they gave up some scoring opportunities, but they made some playoff type plays, talking about the bets and the Woody Barron sacks, uh, two strip sacks deep in the red zone, the score zone, whatever you want to call it. That is the unit that is going to have to clutch up and they've showed no signs of slowing down. So come playoff time, that's a unit that's going to be locked in. So, yeah, uh, we've um, we've gone on about it for a few minutes. Uh, it, it's in the rearview mirror now. Again, uh, the Lions uh, have to win out and have to have Winnipeg lose two to finish in first place. Uh, we're not expecting that to happen. Uh, Lions have a tough task. Going into Tim Hortons Field is not an easy environment. Winnipeg on the bye before they host Edmonton and go into Calgary. I mean, hey, I, I suppose anything's possible there. Uh, with the Elks uh, playing better, although they're now have officially they're officially playing for pride now. Uh, Calgary, by the time that game rolls around, uh, Saskatchewan can eliminate Calgary this week and lock up the final spot. So if that happens, the only really thing left to determine, other than this small first place window, is who would host the Eastern Semi. Montreal getting by Ottawa uh, just a couple of hours ago as we record this on Thanksgiving money, but Monday. But it's over. It happened, and. Um, we're just grateful for the opportunity uh, to face an improved Tiger Cat squad on Friday. Yeah, and Hamilton's been one of the hotter teams in the league right now, right? And obviously... Uh, back to 8-8, eight and yeah, eight, right? Getting getting Bo Levi Mitchell back, but then also mixing in Matthew Schiltz. It seems like they've got... It, it's They have a pretty high variance in, in terms of play this season, right? They, they've had some lows, but they've also had some quite highs, you know, beating us, beating Winnipeg early in the year. So uh, they can definitely bring it, and they've brought it with several quarterbacks this year too, right? So that's an intriguing storyline. Is it going to be Bo Levi Mitchell for 60 minutes? I don't think that's been declared by any means on as of Monday, right? Or is it going to be Schiltz? Or um, they, they throw in that wrinkle with Kai Loxley, right? The kind of yeah. receiver quarterback kind of mold uh, player that he is. So 
they they got a lot going on, and Scott Milanovic uh, is one of the the league's best uh, offensive minds, right? So it's not it's not going to be an easy one to win, and it's still and it's just an interesting spot for the Lions team too. The how do they bounce back from that from that heartbreaking loss on on Friday? Yeah, and uh, we saw firsthand at the end of August uh, this Tiger Cat squad led by uh, our old friend uh, Mr. James Butler, went over uh, 100 and a couple of touchdowns in the 30-13 win. Uh, he's over 1,000, second straight 1,000-yard season for James Butler, and you figured that would happen. We knew uh, what he was capable of, and ultimately uh, it's a business. <laughs> yeah. Well, take Have one, to... Mizell just hit 1,000 total yards. Two yeah. Season, that, so. You know, Smoke has – he hasn't always shown up, maybe on the scoreboard, but – he does things like they like him as a run blocker, and you mentioned the production has been there. It hasn't been totally lacking. Uh, you look at that game he had in Edmonton a few weeks ago, uh, going over a hundred and and finding the end zone. So, yeah, it's it's not like it's been a foregone conclusion that the Lions uh, have had a a lack of production out of the backfield. It's just uh, you know a guy like James Butler, guys like Brady Oliveira. You notice it when those guys are in their tough yards, but. Uh, Mizell uh, has been doing fine again uh, in the blocking game, the running game. He can catch balls as a receiver. Monday did not practice, by the way, dealing with a bit of a rib injury. So we'll see if there's a, a possible tweak to the backfield this week. Jaquan Hardy recently re-signed to the practice roster. NFL experience with Dallas and Denver. So um, is it time? For, is it Hardy time in Hamilton? We'll see. We're not going to jump to any lineup conclusions after a couple of weeks, but. Um, and again, um, the line of scrimmage is going to be equally as big. I mean, Hamilton's been without Joel Figueroa as of late. I think he's done for the year, is he not? Um, but they still have Brandon Rev- Revenberg and Beard. Um, so that offensive line has been doing their part to keep the quarterbacks upright and to allow Butler uh, to do his thing. Uh, this is a big test. We talked about this Lions defensive line, Nick, playing playoff-type football. They're going to have to once again here. Yeah, and I think in, even when you come to, to our – when you look back at our offense, uh, it is a, definitely a pass-first offense. And I, when you look at the six options we have at our receiver core, I don't, I don't think you you would – be stunned that that's a result right you, you'd want to throw it a bunch of times in the game right so then that's what uh jordan max makes offense uh, has been doing these past couple weeks but um hamilton is a team that is at the bottom of the in the league in terms of their pass yards allowed um and statistics like that so it's a definitely a, 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 on paper at least a good advantage for the lions uh passing offense over hamilton's dbs but it's a, again like we always say it boils down to actually playing the full 60 minutes and all of that and um, when it comes to Vernon too, just building off what he did last week, I, I, I really think that you can make a strong argument. Vernon Adams Jr. was the best player on the field on Friday. Period. It could based yeah. off some of those throws he was making and some of the and you know just evading the rush uh, early on. He had he had Willie Jefferson and and there was one more just seemingly in his face, but he got out of it and got the ball out. So you're right though, a chance to maybe exploit this the back end of this Hamilton defense, although. Uh, the UBC kid Stavros Katsatonis with a, a big pick six in Saskatchewan was very impressed with how uh, Hamilton performed in Saskatchewan. Like we're talking about, everyone's wondering in, in Regina what's wrong with the Riders. Well, they just got flat out pushed around by a, a more physical team in yep. Hamilton for the better part of that game. So, yeah, um, Vernon Adams Jr. and what receiver is going to lead this week? It seems every week a, a different one of these guys is capable 
and maybe it's a it's a big night for Javon Katoy to shine. Should it's we tee been up some the, big nights? Yeah, we should tee up uh, right now. Uh, of course, looked like it was going to be a significant play in the game, and it was really gave the Lions the seventeen three lead, seventy yard catch and run, uh, establishing a new career high in receiving yards. We're going to hear from Lions a slot back Javon Katoy right now, the pride of the Langley Rams. All right, Javon Katoy uh, stopping by here uh, following Monday practice. And uh, Javon, uh, have you caught your breath yet? You go for 70-some yards. A uh, big first-half uh, statement there came in the loss. But how big was that play for you? Uh, it was it was special, you know. Um, that was my career longest touchdown run. I did it firstly in Edmonton with the family watching too, and I had the family watching again um, against Winnipeg. So I'm always grateful for the opportunity uh, that I get each and every single day, uh, strapping them up um, and just making plays when it, when it counts. So I'm definitely grateful for it. Uh, young Nick here reminded us that you have once again uh, hit a career high. How much pride do you take? I know you're a team guy, but how much pride do you take in it? Oh, um, I take all the pride in the in the world, man. I, I come to work um, trying to be perfect, you know. And I think uh, someone told me I'm leaving the league right now in like catch percentage, you know. I take those things um, very. I'm very hard on myself on being perfect. And uh, every single year, I try to be a better version of myself. I try to, um, you know, surpass my uh, statistics in every single category. Um, and even I mentioned before the season even started, I just want to be better as a, as a blocker, uh, a better teammate, you know. Um, so, yes, it looks good on, on paper, but at the end of the day, um, the, the common goal that we're all trying to achieve is winning a championship. So, definitely, I'm, I'm more focused on that. Uh, from an offensive standpoint, uh, what are we looking to focus on and uh, perhaps be better at ahead of Hamilton here? Yeah, just working on the little details, you know, um, when, it, when it comes down to it, like... The, the third and one or the last play of, of the game. It's just the little details that, that comes down to it. It's just, it's, it's the game of inches, right? And we, we just got to make sure we stay focused, locked in the entire game, um, all four or five quarters if it takes, you know? So as, as long as we uh, make sure we uh, stay focused during the week of practice and focus on little details, we, we should be good. Has Katoy too fast caught on yet in the locker room? I heard, I heard Lucky screaming it after the Edmonton one, but that's like over 100, 100 yards of yak on those two touchdowns, right? I know. Uh, he's the original, you know, too fast guy, right? So um, obviously I take little bits and pieces of uh, every single receiver in the um, in the room. You know, they're all older than me, so I do, do definitely take pride in uh, looking up to them and uh, having them as my mentors, you know, uh, Lucky, Alex, Keon, um, those those guys have been in the league. That's uh, something or somewhere I want to go one day, right? So definitely I do do take pride in it, and we do make a, a, a fun environment. <laughs> I'm always looking at the positives too, and, and even like a, like a hard loss like that. Are you guys, did you guys talk about in the past 48 hours that, hey, like we've, we've, even though we didn't come up with the result we wanted, we, we've proved that we can hang with a team like Winnipeg or a team at the top of the league, and we, we did make a lot of plays against them, and we can, if we just clean that up, like we're right there, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, at the end of the day, um, life goes on uh, with or without football, right? Um, and we can't really take, we can't let one game take away what we've been doing this entire season. You know, we've, we've, we're putting up historic numbers on, on both sides of the ball, you know, with VA surpassing 4,000, Matthew Betts on the other side, um, you know, getting his six, six, 16 sacks, I think. Um, so we definitely can't just dwell too much on one game. 
right? We we got to make sure that uh, we stay positive um, and not focus too much on the on the negatives, right? Because um, if we do that, then our uh, mind starts to get flustered, and that's like the strongest part of our body, right? Is our is our mind. So we definitely got to make sure we stay on, on top of things and, ju and just come ready to work each and every day. We, we, we got to flush it, win or lose. We still got to flush um, the previous game and just focus on the next one. Well said, sir. Uh, thanks for braving the elements out here. It's officially fall on the West Coast, and uh, let's go get this win. 100%. I just want to say shout-out to my mom, too. Um, I know you're watching it from uh, afar. Hopefully you're uh, staying tuned in, and hopefully we uh, get this next one for you. Love it. Uh, one of my one of the better guys to talk to, always insightful, and you hear him uh, give a shout-out to his mom. So his mom listens to the podcast, Nick. We learned something new this episode. Excellent, yeah, and I like what Javon said about um, keeping the mind intact, right, and how powerful that is because things were definitely, it was such high stakes, right, on Friday, and to have that high of winning the entire game and then ultimately have the low of that all falling down in the last final minutes can, can be a detriment to the mind, right? So... Um, the, how the, how the Lions team responds, you know, that we've talked about the leadership in this in this locker room and how how well they are um, with dealing with even ad, any adversity, right? I think back to that Toronto game in a week in uh, at the start of the year where they come back and play Montreal and put up almost forty points in that win. Uh, they did score forty points in that game too, right? So, um, like responses like that is what I'm looking forward to seeing. And then when it comes to Katoy, like he's having a massive year. We talked about the career high, but he's sixth in the entire CFL in yak yards. Like he has more yeah. yak than Tim White, Nick Dembski, yeah. guys like that, right? That you would probably never guess if you didn't know that. But he's having a massive year for the Lions. Thirty-five nineteen that first Montreal. Thirty-five game. points still good. Close in my enough. Book. Still good in my. It book. was a that was a pretty good uh, bounce back considering. The craziness that went Javon on catching a big touchdown that game. That's too. right. That was his yeah. first of the year, right? He wore the black on gray uniforms that mm -hmm. game. So I'm excited. This this is going to be a good uniform matchup on Friday. Well, what is Hamilton doing? Are they going with those hammer grays, or are they going? I should. Yeah, I should. It'd be weird if it was fog gray on their their alternates. But if it was their regular black and gold home, yeah, terrific match. I want to clarify that. Yeah, if it's the black and yellow Hamilton jerseys, their regular homes against their fog gray, that's going to be a terrific matchup. Good contrast there, and um, under the lights has always looked good. I've seen you tweeting about uniform matchups. Lions-Argos, speaking of that that's Toronto my favorite game, that was, this year. that was a good one. Like this, the contrast in those colors, the baby blues for Toronto. Like I'm t We're talking the, the Toronto game on the road that we had earlier Might this year. Might we see that again? I don't know. We could. So we could. But we could just that, say that, that is my on the record. That is my favorite uniform matchup this this year. That Riders one didn't really live. I, like I saw people talking about it pregame about the the retro Riders and the the gray Hamiltons. But when I was yeah. watching it live, it didn't really live up to the to the color expectations I had. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, kind of throws you for a loop, and you have a hard time getting used to it. Montreal, we did the we did the all blacks on their red. I like that. That, that was one, cool. That yeah. one kind of grew on me. That when, was you, cool. when you go out for warm-ups and say, ah, I don't know about this, but then once the ball's kicked off and you see it for real, pretty good. Uh, lastly, we're going to hear from linebackers coach Travis Brown. Now, we've been talking about the defense, so we'll hear from Travis in a minute. But uh, our first trip to the Hammer since 2021 was November. It was game 12 of the 14-game season. Um, the squad had stayed in Hamilton all week after playing in Toronto, so... Stephen Chang and I talk about this road trip all the time. It was Halloween. We had Halloween in Hamilton. That was kind of cool, being downtown and seeing all the decorations and 
that uh, that was a loss. Uh, Mike Riley and company uh, came up just short that night. I think it was an eight-point loss. I think Brandon Banks had a big one for a big game for the Ticats, and that really helped put a dent in the Lions' playoff hopes that year. But uh, we, of course, both covered the 2021 Grey Cup there, Bombers and Ticats. Uh, cool stadium. Just yep. a cool football vibe. It's my first time back. It'll be my first game actually like shooting a football game there. So I'm excited yeah. for that. I'll check off that box. I've actually I've done eight of nine stadiums actually for a football games. So Hamilton is that last one. But yeah, definitely definitely neat stadium. I was in the press box for the great for the great cup so i was way up there and that was a really good view moj and i were in the club suite level where the hall of fame busts are we just kind of took over a spot and we were inside we could see it yeah a lot of good views in that stadium saw damon allen signing autographs for the uh, cfl's gaming partner at the time was kind of a was a fun day only thing that could beat it would be uh, being involved in one with this team, and, and we're working to get to that point. So you'll scratch stadium number nine off your BC Lions working list. Uh, Travis Brown uh, coaches the linebackers. Don't get a chance to talk to the position coaches much. We try to on the podcast. We had Jason Tucker. Uh, we had Tristan Dice uh, a few weeks ago. But uh, Travis has an impressive group of linebackers at his stable, and we're going to talk about some of those ones uh, with the linebackers coach of your BC Lions. All right, and uh, we think making his official first and now debut after, what, four years, three, four years officially on this coaching staff, Travis. Uh, Travis Brown, uh, your linebackers coach for your BC Lions. Uh, welcome aboard, sir. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. But, this is my second. Oh, you're talking about podcast. I was going to say interview. This is my second one. but well, We've interviewed you four or five, four or five yeah, times, yeah, but yeah. never, and you even got your hair cut for yeah, this one. a little bit, yeah. It's raining right now, but we're still looking good for the podcast. All right. Well, um, I guess uh, let's kind of just start with the journey. Of course, uh, you were hired in 2020, uh, that season that never happened, and you were not too far removed from your playing days at all. I think you'd coached with Edmonton in 2019. Uh, just how are you enjoying uh, being a, a BC Lions lifer here so far? Yeah, I love it. I mean, love the city, love the, the coaching staff, the people we get to work with day in and day out. Uh, love the LB group. And even since I've been here, we've always brought in great guys. Um, but yeah, it's great to be a Lion and excited to be here. Let's talk about your guys. Of course, uh, Ben Halatic has emerged into an impact player. Uh, Bo Lacumbo, we know what he's been capable of for years. Even a guy like Josh Woods uh, has stepped in when called upon. Um, having that depth, how key has that been for us? Yeah, it's huge. Um, with Bo going down a few weeks ago, Josh stepped right in and, and did a lot of good things for us. Uh, ben gets better uh, each week. Um, and then we're excited to see Bo come back and, um, you know, we know he's going to come out with a fire and, you know, it's going to be a, a good thing that we had that depth. Obviously it's a good thing that we had the depth that we have and everybody's playing well. Uh, we got to lock into a few little minute details a little better, but, you know, I'm excited about this group and, you know, excited to see how these guys play in the, in the stretch here. Um, what's the process like on a day one coming off a tough loss like that? Uh, is it easy to turn the page or do you dwell on some of what happened uh, for a little while still? What's your process? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to, to flush it completely. Um, I'm still, it's still lingering with me a little bit, but it's one of those things you got to, you got to bounce back. You know, it's not going to be, you can't, you can't bring this baggage, uh, to the, you know, postseason. You can't do it. Right. And we got two games to finish strong, finish the way we want to as a defense, um, yeah, you just you got to flush it as fast as you can. Everybody's different, though. 
Hamilton this week. Uh, we saw what they're capable of, certainly, when they came into our place uh, at the end of August, and uh, they're working back Bo Levi Mitchell uh, into the mix. Uh, just talk about this challenge. Yeah, I mean, anytime we we play uh, Hamilton, Ticast, I mean, it's been from when I was with Edmonton to now here. I mean, they're always going to show up ready to play, and um, going there is even more of a challenge. Uh, you know, I think our guys are up for the challenge. Um, I think we got dialed into some of the things they're, they're trying to do versus us. Um, but, yeah, you take it just like it's any other game, just like it was last week. You know, one step at a time, you go through your process, uh, you build a game plan, and, you know, you – get the boys ready as best you can when it comes to Hamilton's quarterback situation too we saw like Bo Levi got I think it was like quarter and a half last last week and then uh, Matthew Schultz has proven capable and then they also throw in a wrinkle of Kyle Oxley sometimes yeah. so I mean that, that's something that this week you're anticipating uh to, to at least scheme for right yeah for sure uh, they can do a lot of different things um you know they they have a good running package that they can mix in with some QB counters that are always tough to to defend but you know, it's, it's one of those things that you, you got to package them uh, as quarterbacks with the package. And, you know, you, at the end of the day, you got to play ball. And, and when they are doing those type of plays, somebody's got to step up and make a play. And that's, that's what we got to rely on. When it comes to the linebacking core, too, you, you see the guy like the Canadians, too, these younger Canadians like Ryder Vargas played on teams. I think he leads a team in, team in uh, special teams tackles this season, but he's also played on defense. Then you also got a guy like Jack Hinsberger who's making tackles last week. Like how how uh, how cool is it to see those linebackers step up too? Yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, I was fired up in in the press box screaming at Jack's two tackles upstairs. Um, but yeah, it's good to see. You know, the, the, we knew they had talent coming into the year. Um, it's good to see them step up into the big stage and make plays in front of in front of the people. And we knew it was going to happen. It was just it's good to see them actually do it. It sounds like we need a GoPro up there while you're yelling and screaming and swearing and I don't know. Yeah, you want that? It'd be a lot of swearing. We'll pitch that uh, for next year. Uh, Travis, listen, thanks. It's always good to talk football with you, and uh, let's get back in that win column. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Great stuff with Travis, and it was kind of muttered when we heard the Javon Katoy interview as well you know it's day one we're moving on but you have to let that loss simmer the Winnipeg loss and they both use the term well we'll still we're still flushing it right so you can tell just how competitive these guys are it's eating at these guys 100 percent. I would say in my and in my weekend too it was definitely lingering you're trying to enjoy the sun and you're trying to you know, have your Thanksgiving dinners, but at the back of your mind, when you go to Twitter, or when you look at the CFL webpage, and I see like even I see a Winnipeg Blue Bombers logo, yeah, it t- kind of takes you back to Friday and yep. and that that the disappointing feeling you had, right? That kind of that gut wrenching feeling at the end. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a new week. I'd say that the vibes out in practice today were pretty strong. Um, I'd say so, yeah. Despite you know, the rain, you know, the- Vernon always being that vocal leader on the field today too. So, um, yeah, it was, it's team's definitely moving on. Um, and it's good to talk about like the, we talk about the linebacking group, like the passport, like it's all Canadians too. Right. And they're yep. all, all like Ben Halatic and Bola Cumble obviously lead the charge, but you guys like Ryder Vargas having such a good season for the team this year, both on teams and on defense. And then Jack Hinsberger stepped in the last month and he's making several special teams tackles on Janarian Grant. Right. So it's, it's just great to see these, these Canadians stepping up at the linebacker spot. Yep, uh, been one of the many positive storylines with this Lions team. Friday the 13th, Lions Ticats, 4 o'clock Pacific, AM 730 pregame. Moj, Julio, and Paul McCallum and company 
uh, 3 o'clock, uh, our pregame show. Uh, we'll be talking with Moj uh, on BC Lions on tap. Uh, subscribe to the Lions Audio Network wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, looking to chase down David Mackey for Tuesday. Calling him out. The Rosen Crown in Tawasson. South Delta, the other side of Delta. Always good. Lions yeah. Ticats, yes. Kicking off week 19. Second half of the doubleheader. Uh, we mentioned the stakes, Saskatchewan in Calgary. Riders win, and they get the final playoff spot that's still up for grabs. Calgary wins. Well, it gets a little interesting. They will creep to within two of the Riders and have the tiebreaker. This is a season series game. So um, Saskatchewan uh, talked about how much they've struggled. Haven't won since beating Winnipeg on Labor Day in overtime, right? There's been four losses in a row since. So, hey, that's uh, that's a win in your in game if you're the Riders. They have to rise to the challenge. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that one plays out for that fact, right? Neither team has really taken advantage of the opportunities they've had this season, and obviously their their record show for it being several games under 500. But uh, there's a lot of stake for us too, right? Like we're we're currently in line to host uh, the the team that does prevail in, in that uh, in that race, right? So it's it's a lot on this. Like it's interesting for us just to pay attention to to see uh how that game goes and whether we know that it's going to be saskatchewan that's going to be third or whether calgary can sneak in because i don't know either team is definitely definitely dangerous come playoff time it could officially be determined right yeah. if we don't get it done in hamilton and saskatchewan wins second versus third lions riders november 4th but hopefully we can keep the window open for as long as we can saturday doubleheader one o'clock our time montreal in edmonton elks playing out the string Alouettes, we can do them a favor on Friday because Montreal, uh, with their Thanksgiving Monday win, like we talked about, remaining two points up on Hamilton for second in the East. So that's official. They will meet in the Eastern semifinal. Montreal and Hamilton just has to be determined where the game will be played. I'm impressed with the Alouettes defense, Nick. Uh, Sean White, or Sean White, Sean Lemon, congrats to the Lemonator, career sack number 100. Uh, they had a Beverett fumble return for a touchdown. This Montreal team, um, they're not going to be an easy out come November. No, definitely not. And they're getting, like, they got Siante Evans back against the Red Blacks on Monday, so they're getting healthier, and that's a veteran presence. But they got these guys like Ento stepping up, you know, the, the younger guys, and their first-round pick this year, a defensive lineman who started today and played some plays. So, yeah, they're de- like, I think we've said all year that, um, I mean, this is the stat I always like to use with Montreal is they have seven losses that all seven of them are to Winnipeg, BC and Toronto. Yeah. So, and they've been in some close games with, with those three, those, uh, those teams. Right. So they're definitely, I think people talk about a big three in the CFL this year with the Bombers, Lions and Argonauts, but Montreal is not far behind. And I think on any given day, they could, they could beat anybody in this league. Yeah. We had a close battle with them the second time around on uh, Labor Day weekend, Saturday. All right, uh, to close things out, 4 o'clock Saturday, Toronto home to Ottawa. Nothing really at stake here uh, other than the Red Blacks now playing for pride, playing for jobs perhaps. And Chad Kelly with the Argos looking to further pad some of his MOP stat credentials. Argos 13-2, and home to the 4-12 and Red Blacks. These guys had a doozy back in, I want to say it was August, too, at BMO, right? It yeah. Was, it was Crumb versus Kelly, and it was like 40 to 30 for Back the and forth. Yeah. I think a Javon League punt return was the difference in that one. Um, no surprise, right, with the year he's having. But yeah. 
Yeah, the Argos are deep and they're showing it, right? Like they're having new running backs step in and score for them. They're having all these all different kinds of position groups. There's Pierce. They have this new defensive back, Pierce. It's making plays for them left and right too, right? So I think we've said that, yeah, the Argos are just tremendously deep. That's kind of where their real strength lies. Um, and they, they've been showing it, and they're still showing it while they're, while they're able to, uh, to rest some guys heading into their, uh, their East final game in just over a month. Going to be interesting to see how that plays out in the Eastern Division. Uh, so that does it for the Week 19 schedule. We're on a plane to Hamilton Thursday morning, and we look forward to going in uh, to Tim Hortons Field. Great venue, usually windy. It's going to be a playoff vibe in there as they look uh, to stay in the race to host that Eastern semifinal with Montreal. But we hope uh, we can help spoil their cause and get back in the win column. Uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, leave us a review first and now, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll talk to you early next week after Hamilton, hopefully, about a winning scenario uh, still alive for first place. Calgary Stampeders at Save on Foods Field, Friday, October 20th, to close out the regular season before a pre-playoff bye. Nick? Let's make it fun. Get some revenge. Yes, sir. First and now, your official BC Lions podcast. <laughs>